Welcome to Center Maryland's The Lobby Pod. This is Damien O'Doherty. We're in our third year, a third session of The Lobby Pod. And not uh, coincidentally, we are in the third year mark of COVID-19 in the state of Maryland. And Maryland hospitals are really experiencing one of the most significant workforce crises that they've ever faced. Um, and we have two people here, prominent members of Maryland's healthcare community, which of course means they are prominent members of our national healthcare community. We have Nicole Stallings. She's the executive vice president of the Maryland Hospital Association. And then we have Ed Lovert. He's the president and CEO of Ascension St. Agnes Hospital. Welcome to you both. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Damien. Great to be here. Look, we know this legislative session that the Maryland hospitals and the member hospitals have been advocating for more resources and more flexibility uh, to support these workforce uh, challenges. Nicole, can you can you talk to us a little bit about what you know what that means? Workforce challenge. I'm not sure. We we all know that there's a low unemployment rate out there. We all know people are struggling in the labor market generally, but I'm not sure that even our most plugged in thought leaders that listen to this podcast really understand the gravity that you all in the hospital world are facing. Sure. You know the the health workforce shortages that we're facing right now are uh, the most severe in recent memory. And we had heard a lot of anecdotes, but we wanted to make sure we were putting some numbers to it. So one in every five hospital positions are vacant. But then when you just look even beyond hospitals- Let's dial that back for a second. One out of every five. One out of every five. Every nursing unit, staff, janitorial, just all across the board, 20% of the people that need to be there aren't there. That's right. And I think I appreciate that you noted that it's deep within our hospitals, not just nurses. We tend to talk a lot about nursing. I'm sure we will uh, today, but this is really shortages that we have across the hospitals and across the states. And uh, our member-led executive committee group came together, pulled together a report with some recommendations, put those numbers in there, but also really needed to talk about what this means for care delivery for access to care. If we don't have the health workforce that we need, care is impacted, access is impacted. And so we've been working pretty aggressively to to retain the staff that we have, but also looking for ways to grow the pipeline for the future. Ed, your your hospital is a central caregiver to that southwestern quadrant of the Baltimore region from sort of six to nine regionally, Baltimore City, Baltimore County, Howard County, uh, you're growing rapidly into Anne Arundel County. Can you give me a sense of what it's like there on the ground, uh, how the shortage is affecting y'all? Yeah, I can, Damien. And, uh, you know, first I'll say we are so fortunate to work with the Maryland Hospital Association. We, you know, this, not every state, not every hospital has the luxury of being able to pull together uh, the other hospitals and the association to really focus on something the way that we have. And um, it's been uh, remarkable the way that it's worked. And we're very optimistic that we're gonna continue to see good results uh, through this General Assembly. 
Um, all the hospitals in Maryland are, are facing staffing shortages, um, and most uh, especially with nursing. And we're no different at St. Agnes. Um, we've had to be much more flexible, creative uh, to make sure that we're allocating the staff that we do have effectively so patients um, don't notice the fact that we've got a staffing shortage. Um, and, you know, I think an interesting fact is, you know, with, with Ascension St. Agnes, in the past year, in the midst of this staffing shortage, we've actually seen our quality statistics, things like hospital-acquired infections, um, never be better. Um, so we're, we're also wow. being very diligent in how we're taking this on. Um, there, you know, there are wait time issues and things like that, but the quality of care is something we have made sure that we are not, uh, we're not compromising in any way. So again, our, our, our hospital acquired infections are at the lowest, uh, we've, we've seen them in years. Uh, so that's been great. Uh, we also obviously have to be very attentive to making sure that we're not just attracting, uh, and bringing in new staff, uh, but also that we're creating the right work environment to retain the incredible staff that we have. Um, at the hospitals. And you can imagine uh, this is getting more difficult because even though we're a hospital community that works together well, there's certainly increasing competition uh, among the hospitals for this limited pool of staff. So uh, it's, you know, costs are going up for staff, people, staff are, are moving from one hospital or one employment arrangement, uh, sometimes working for the hospital, sometimes working for agencies. Uh, more frequently, that creates disruption we have to manage. And the whole cost of this has gone up dramatically in the past couple of years, which we are great to see people in the workforce um, getting paid more. Uh, the challenge is just in having the hospitals remain able to stay break even uh, and, and be able to make uh, slightly more revenue, bringing in more money, uh, then we have to pay out. That's become an increasing challenge for hospitals across the state and across the country uh, as this uh, as this staffing crisis has um, gotten worse. Yeah, I think a lot of small business owners can empathize, whether you own a restaurant or a waste management company, I think you can really uh, empathize with with the, the the labor shortage. Nicole, you, you've got more of a macro view and I'm wondering how your hospital members are working to resolve this issue. So I think I'll pick up where Ed started with, um, you know, first it was how do we make sure that we're retaining our healthcare workforce? And so all of our hospitals across the board, we're offering uh, bonuses to ensure that you're staying, um, looking at benefit enhancements. You know, we saw a lot of people leave the workforce in the beginning of the pandemic. We especially saw women leaving the workforce. And why was that? Because women had to be home with kids that weren't able to be in school. So we had childcare demands, we had elder care demands. And so our hospitals started looking at benefit enhancements as well and making sure that the things that might draw someone away from the career were no longer um, an issue. And um, we also, though, needed to look at permanent wage increases. So we keep really close tabs on this with our members. And we know that nursing wages have gone up 25% over the pandemic. Despite that, our hospitals are still relying on contract labor, very expensive contract labor, trying to, to pull back on that, uh, on that dependence. Um, but the costs remain. And so to Ed's point, Prior to the pandemic, we were spending about $150 million as a state, our hospitals, on these contract labor. 
Last year, we spent over a billion dollars as an industry in Maryland on contract labor. And so we're working wow. to pull that, working to pull back that reliance, working to build up the pipeline, bring people back into healthcare, back into jobs um, within our hospitals. But we know that we need to do more. Uh, you know, we're in the midst of the legislative session. We're certainly looking at short and long-term solutions there. But one of the very first things our member group identified was we need a marketing campaign. We need the equivalent of, you know, the be all you can be campaign that I remember when I was growing up. And, and so just a few weeks ago, we launched Join MD Health. And this is a digital marketing campaign aimed at growing and diversifying our workforce, targeting individuals who may be looking to make a career change, letting them know there's a career in hospitals for you right now, looking for uh, uh, individuals who are thinking about careers in the future, thinking about training, what schools they want might want to go to, letting them know there is a job for you in hospitals in the future, and really ensuring that we are targeting um, uh, those that are underserved in our workforce right now and making sure that our healthcare workers reflect the communities that they're serving. So we're excited about this campaign. We're on Instagram, TikTok, all the social channels. And it's join MD Health. Join Instagram, MD TikTok. Check us health. out. Yes, just starting to, to uh, really see some early results. And you know what I think is so special about this campaign is that we um, we're using our own healthcare workers as our ambassadors. They are the ones that are talking about why they love their careers as a nurse, as a respiratory tech, um, and really telling telling that story. And um, so we we encourage everyone to to check it out. It can link you to educational pathways, um, be it two-year, four-year training, whatever you're really interested in at the time, but also jobs that are open right now in Maryland's hospitals. Yeah, let me just commend you for a second on this because so often in the lobby, we hear about the problems, we hear about the solutions, but what you're doing right here is saying before we even have that conversation, let us tell you over and over again what the opportunities are now for this workforce in Maryland. And so it just, you know, it's out of the box thinking, uh, especially for, for an Annapolis Trade Association. I just want to commend you for that. Thank you. Ed, you're on the chair. You were the chair of the Workforce Task Force uh, from the Hospital Association. Can you talk to me about uh, other things you all are working on to help recruit and retain employees? Yeah, I can, Damian. And um, you know, I'll say getting to chair this committee has really been, or this task force has been a joy. And it's brought together an incredible array of talent from throughout Maryland in terms of HR people, nursing leaders, obviously hospital executives. Um, it's It's been very um, collaborative. Uh, we've had a lot of people share ideas and bring forth things that you would even think might be things they'd want to hold to themselves and not share with others, but they've brought it forward. Uh, the big hospitals, the small hospitals, urban, rural, everybody. So it's been a great effort. And uh, that's why we feel good about the product and the report that came out of it, because we felt like it was uh, really a good consensus and re represented all the hospitals in the state. Um, this Join MD Health product is is really special it was uh it was as nicole said the first idea that came out from this committee of 
let's make sure we are getting the word out about how great healthcare careers are. And, you know, the positive with this, obviously we've talked a lot about the negative of the shortage of healthcare workers. The positive is that um, these are great jobs. These are jobs that um, obviously financially are, for some people, they're, they're a bridge to middle class. Uh, they, uh, they can do a lot to change families. Um, they're also meaningful careers, and they have incredible upside potential. You know, I think there are more and more people in my position as a hospital administrator who start off as nurses, who start off as respiratory techs, who start off at different places in the organization, and they've got that great insight and experience to rise to the top if they want to do this. Uh, so there are all sorts of great careers. This MD, uh, this joint MD health is helpful because it's really aimed at the type of people that we want to recruit. Uh, and it emphasizes how rewarding the healthcare career can be, even in this trying experience. Again, we, we have we have happy employees. They're they're doing a lot of things and they're being asked to do things differently sometimes. But there are people who really uh, enjoy what they do. And this um, supplements some other strategies we've used to help raise awareness of exciting career opportunities that we have to offer. Uh, we are doing um, everything when it comes to reaching out and talking to people about what we can do in the hospital. It's interesting. I think one of the, another positive with this has been we've gotten a lot more creative in hospitals of how to reach out. I've, you know, when you're in a time period where you post a job and people come to you for the job and you get a candidate, you, you don't get that creative. But I'm paying more attention to anything that we can do. And obviously, we know we've got, we partner with community organizations, job training centers, education organizations, community colleges, university systems, nursing schools, rad tech schools, uh, you know, all sorts of different programs. But the other day I was on LinkedIn and noticed this company called Baltimore C-A-R-E-S, uh, which is run by Bianca Wise and Caprice Owens. Bianca used to work at Ascension St. Agnes, I think, as uh, maybe as a patient care tech. They're going out in um, inner city Baltimore and training um, these people who work as uh, certified nurse assistants, patient care techs, other types of positions that are, tend to be sort of entry-level positions. I alerted our HR person. He reached out to them and said, absolutely, let's figure out how to partner, again, with a minority-owned business to figure out how we could create more of a partnership. We are so excited when we see those opportunities. Um, so Let me interrupt you, Ed. I'll, yeah. Um... Because I just, you know, is it okay that's to a say that? Okay to say a specific company? Sorry. Of course, of course. I think that's inspiring. It shows like, you know, the organic growth that somebody can have in a hospital organization and go form their own nonprofit or their own yeah. small enterprise and then plug back into that very uh, hub of healthcare that, that, that they were once working for. I mean, we look at, you know, my mama, as I told you before, Ed, went from being a nurse to a nurse recruiter to a pharmaceutical salesperson to a marketing executive and 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 ad person for, for pharmaceutical companies but what you did i thought was very inspiring inspired my 2023 is towards the end of 2022 you got 69 or 70 of baltimore's best doctors out there your nurses are on the front page of the baltimore sun every couple months you know with great caring stories but you made a real commitment to say, hey, I want to show you that this workplace is not just work, but it can also be fun. And I, I just hope you could give Nicole and I just a couple seconds, a couple minutes about 
what you were doing there because it inspired my 2023. I'm calling it deep in the fun to get it done. And that really comes from you, Ed. Uh, talk to me about that. Yeah. So I don't feel like it's that incredibly creative or innovative, but that's the we, point. <laughs> yeah. So we, um, you know, obviously to, to keep this place where people want to work, you, you have to keep doing fun stuff. And um, we really challenge each other as an executive team that once a week, if you're the administrator on call, you're expected to do something. You know, maybe it's bring up a donut truck in the front. Maybe it's dressed like Cupid to give out um, Valentine's to people on the floor. Uh, it's whatever you want to do, the wackier, the more fun, the thing that gets people <laughs> excited, the bigger surprise is more fun. And, you know, the interesting thing about it is, of course, employees, associates love it. Um, but more than that, we love it. I mean, it, it is the highlight of our week. You talk about how, you know, you have a tough week and it's Friday morning and you got a donut truck out in the front of the hospital at 630 in the morning as people are coming and going. That's cool. When you give out Chick-fil-A chicken minis, you know, to everybody coming in the door. And so we've, we've pushed ourselves to do that kind of stuff. And yeah, we called it, you know, hashtag do more fun and um, do more fun stuff. And um, you could use other words for stuff, but. And, I ripped it off. Yeah. So anyway, but thanks. Thanks for asking about that, Damien. Nicole, you're halfway through the legislative session. You've got the burden of uh, and and the privilege of these 61 hospitals to represent. What are your asks on behalf? What are your asks to the legislature, to the governor on behalf of this workforce? Sure. You know, I, I, you've heard me say this before. It is a privilege to represent our hospitals. It's also a privilege to have Ed as the chair of our workforce task force. That report laid out a series of recommendations. We released it in late August, and it really laid the groundwork for our work here in Annapolis this session and, and years to come. This, these shortages were years in the making. It's going to take us some time to get out of them. Um, but uh, we are choosing to be optimistic. We are incredibly uh, enthusiastic about Governor Moore and his focus on year of service, on apprenticeships. Uh, we strongly believe that there is a place uh, for our hospitals in all of those efforts. You know, we, uh, Ed was talking about some of the partnerships that we have, and, and we were talking about long-term and really kind of, we call it going upstream when we're dealing with our, our, uh, um, our patients, but we need to go upstream and say like, look, no matter your age, your background, your education, there's a place for you in, in healthcare. And I'm so appreciative that this session, we're able to put some pathways in place for that. But we also had some additional foundational work that we needed to do with the Maryland Board of Nursing. We just needed to um, ensure that we were able to provide that board some, some changes and some support and put regulatory um, efforts in place. They get nurses to the bedside quicker. I was privileged to testify in support of that bill alongside Health Secretary uh, Herrera Scott. And I think to have uh, on that panel, this was led by the amazing Ariana Kelly, uh, a true workforce champion, um, but to have the health secretary, hospitals, post-acute providers all together saying these are the things that we need to grow our healthcare workforce, um, I think was very strong. It, it flew through the House. We expect the same thing to happen in the Senate, and that's a big priority for us, um, always looking for ways to support and provide incentives to grow our pipeline. Loan repayment is one that I've, I've talked about before. It is a proven tool. If you give 
uh, nurses, if you give physicians loan repayment, they come to your underserved areas and they stay there and they give back to those communities. So all of these things, Damien, I believe just work so well with the priorities that the Moore administration has laid out. It's workforce development, it's economic development, we're addressing uh, health inequities, all of these things together. So uh, we've got a lot of work to do, but we're very excited to do it. I mean, who knows service better than Governor Westmore and the hospitals of Maryland uh, and that workforce? I mean, I can't think of any more potential alignment than that. Agree. Agree. We're very lucky to have him and, and have attention to this important issue by all members of the General Assembly. I think, um, you know, we noted that we are approaching the third anniversary of COVID. There's been a, a lot of hard work, but I think there's also been a lot of awareness of um, the, the tremendous work that everyone in healthcare does, the value that they bring to our communities, and um, we look forward to continue to support them. Well, look, I have uh, one last request of you before uh, before I let you go, and that is you two are, you know, from a healthcare perspective, at the center of uh, state circle or state capital in Maryland, and you get to see it all. Um, and I, I just would love for you to keep an eye out for some stars out there that you see operating within your world or beyond, because I'm going to call you all back after the session and you're going to tell me what you achieved, but I'm also going to ask you, tell me about some of the stars you saw in the legislature uh, in Annapolis and state circles. So it was a little homework assignment. I hope I'm not being too much <laughs> for asking for that. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Got it. Well, thank you. We've had Ed Lovern. He's the president of Ascension St. Agnes uh, Healthcare Hospital Health System there on that six to nine dial of uh, the Baltimore region. And then, of course, uh, Nicole Stallings, uh, an incredible advocate and resource for the entire General Assembly on all things healthcare. And then a resource to the rest of us on just how to be an amazing professional in a very challenging space. Thank you so much to both of you. Thank you, Dave. Thank you.